The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. You better get ready. Oh, you better get ready. Hallelujah, sinners. You better get ready. Times are coming when the sinner must die. Just how the people live, they're just gonna die. Time, time's coming when the sinner must die. Just how the sinner lives, they're just gonna die. The time, time's coming when the sinner must die. Oh, sinners, you better get ready. You better get ready, hallelujah, sinners. You better get ready. Times are coming when a sinner must die. God gave no other rainbow sign. Time, time's coming when the sinner must die. It won't be the water be the fire next time the time time's coming when the sinner must die oh sinners you better get ready oh you better get ready hallelujah sinners you better get ready times are coming when the sinner must die sinner must die. Oh, sinners, you better get ready. Oh, you better get ready. Hallelujah, sinners, you better get ready. Times are coming when the sinner must die. chapter. I'll begin reading with verse 4. Say to them, this is what the Lord says. When men fall down, do they not get up? When a man turns away, does he not return? Why then have these people turned away? Why does Jerusalem always turn away? They cling to deceit. They refuse to return. I have listened attentively, but they do not say what is right. No one repents of his wickedness, saying, What have I done? Each person pursues his own course like a horse charging into battle. Even the stork in the sky knows 
her appointed seasons, and the dove and the swift and the thrush. They observe the time of their migration. But my people do not know the requirements of the Lord. How can you say, We are wise? For we have the law of the Lord, when actually the lying pen of the scribes has handled it falsely. The wise will be put to shame. They will be dismayed and trapped, since they have rejected the word of the Lord. What kind of wisdom do they have? Therefore I will give their wives to other men and their fields to new owners. From the least to the greatest, all are greedy for gain. Prophets and priests alike all practice deceit. They dress the wound of my people as though it were not serious. Peace, peace, they say, when there is no peace. Are they ashamed of their loathsome conduct? No, they have no shame at all. They do not even know how to blush. So they will fall among the fallen. They will be brought down when they are punished, says the Lord. I will take away their harvest. There will be no grapes on the vine. There will be no figs on the tree. Their leaves will wither. What I have given them will be taken away from them. Why are you sitting here? Gather together, let us flee to the fortified cities and perish there. For the Lord our God has doomed us to perish. He's given us poisoned water to drink because we have sinned against him. We hoped for peace, but no good has come. For a time of healing, but there was only terror. And then in the ninth chapter, verse 13, this is Jeremiah 9, verse 13. The Lord says, It is because they have forsaken my law, which I set before them. They have not obeyed me or followed my way. Instead, they have followed the stubbornness of their hearts and have followed the bales as their fathers taught them. Therefore, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says. See, I will make this people eat bitter food and drink poisoned water. I was awakened this morning from a dream with tears flowing down my face. My heart is broken for America, yea, for the world. Because the judgments of God have now come upon us. The judgments of God are upon America. And as I listen to what the pastors, the leading pastors on radio and television as I see what they're publishing on the web, my heart is even more broken. 
because they're treating the wound of America as though it were not serious. They're saying, be encouraged. Everything's going to work out. This too shall pass. No, this too shall not pass. Men and women, boys and girls, are going to die. Companies are going bankrupt. The stock market is crashing. The wealth of America is being stolen away. We are in trouble. America is in trouble. The world is in trouble. But America specifically is in trouble because we have turned against the Lord. We have sinned against him. Since Roe versus Wade has been passed by the Supreme Court, more than 60 million babies have been murdered in the womb. We have pursued every vile interest. We've turned to all of the entertainment of the age, using what God has given us for wickedness. It is time to repent. The good news I bring to you today is that God is merciful. He is kind. He is long-suffering. Our God has a heart of incredible love. But we have gone too far. And we as a nation will suffer such great wrath from God if we do not repent. I was so pleased that our president called last Sunday for a day of fasting and prayer. But we need more than a day of prayer. We need a day of repentance. We need a month. We need a year of repentance. We need to get right with God. Some people are very panicked. I have no words of comfort for you. I'm glad you're panicked. You should be. America should be panicked. Because we have sinned against Almighty God and He has poured out His wrath upon us. And many will die. Many of you will die. Don't die in your sin. When I look at the 24th chapter of, of Matthew, you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death. You will be hated by all the nations because of me. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and betray and hate each other, and many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold, 
but he who stands firm to the end will be saved. That's the good news of the gospel. If you will take a stand today for Jesus Christ, and you will turn from all sin, all wickedness, and you know what it is in your life, if you will turn from that, you will be saved. In Matthew 24, I want to read this to you. Verse 36. No one knows about the day or the hour, not even the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying, giving in marriage. Up to the day Noah entered the ark, and they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. The flood came. The virus came. The famine came. This is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Therefore keep watch, because you do not know what day your Lord will come. I listen to these prophetic people who claim to know all things about the coming of Jesus. And they say, oh no, this is not, this is not a sign of Jesus coming. Because this hasn't been fulfilled and that hasn't been filled and all of that has to happen before Jesus can come. So the coming of Jesus is far away. Wise fools. Wise fools. The Lord says, No man knows the day nor the hour. Watch out that no one deceives you. Jesus could come at any moment. He is not bound by anything except the Father's will. Now, there is a parable that Jesus gives after he presents the signs of the coming of the Son of Man. And you know that the signs are pestilence, earthquakes, wars, rumors of wars, famines, the sun and the moon and the stars shaken, the earth shaken. He gives us a parable. It's a very serious parable. It's given two days before Jesus goes to Jerusalem for the crucifixion. He with his disciples are not sleeping in an inn or a hotel or a, a home. They are at night sleeping up in the Garden of Gethsemane in a dry camp. Two days before Jesus goes to Jerusalem. Every day he's been going in the temple and teaching. 
and then at night speaking with his disciples, praying, preparing. You're listening to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm glad you're listening today. My heart is extremely heavy for what's happening in America and in the world. I'm greatly troubled by it. I'm crying out to God for his mercy for you. I'm asking that Jesus will bring a worldwide revival. But my heart is mostly with America. Asking the Lord to spare America by causing America to repent. We have sinned so grievously against Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, I come today to plead for repentance in America. I come to plead before you for the reversing of this this virus, this sickness. Lord, I plead with you to rebuke it and stay this plague. How many times in the Old Testament have we read about you sending the plague upon the children of Israel because of their wickedness and their waywardness and their refusal to turn from their sin? their refusal to stop killing their babies. Oh, Lord, America needs to stop murdering its babies on the altar of pleasure and convenience and pride. Oh, Lord, I weep before you for America. And I ask, O Lord, would you stay this plague? But Lord, I know I can't ask you to stay this plague if men and women don't get on their faces before you and cry aloud and repent of their sin. O Lord, I pray today for those who call themselves Christians, but who act like and walk like the world. For those men and women who claim to be preachers of the gospel, but they preach a false gospel. They give a word that tickles the ears, that pleases the sinful flesh. Lord, I pray for those pastors. I pray for your mercy for them. Stand in the pulpit with jokes and laughter and casualness and no weeping over the people. Lord, please. Please stay the plague. Please stay the pestilence. Lord, but turn your people to repentance. 
Lord, I'm nobody. I'm the least of all of your people. But all I can do is weep for your people and cry out to you for mercy. Oh, Lord, and then I pray for those who are hidden away, who are righteous before you, who have not kissed Baal, who have not forsaken you but are earnest in their prayer. Lord, hear the prayers of your people and comfort the hearts of your faithful. Lord, remove our pride, our arrogance, our knowing. Oh, Lord, we're such a proud, arrogant people. Even those of us who follow you closely, who obey your commands, Lord, there's still, I find pride in my heart. I cast it out in the name of Jesus and ask, O oh Lord, for the humility of heart that it will allow you to hear our prayers. Come, Lord Jesus. Come in power now. I pray in your holy name. Amen. Well, this parable is about the kingdom of heaven, what it will be like at the end of time when Jesus comes again. There are ten virgins, and they took their lamps, and they went out to meet the bridegroom. Now, just a, a bit of history. Weddings in the day when Jesus was there in Jerusalem were common affairs. A man would come with his father, to propose to the family and the bride that he wanted. If she would accept his proposal, they sealed it with a cup of wine and with a vow. They then parted while the groom went to make arrangements for the bride. And usually it was the enlarging of the house, building on another room, making a place for the bride. When all of that work was finished, and the groom did not tell the bride when he was coming. But when he was coming, he often came in the early evening after dark, he would come to bring her to the wedding and to the celebration. It was often a week-long celebration. So Jesus, perhaps as he sat on the Mount of Olives, talking with his disciples, looked out over Jerusalem and saw the torchlights of the parade as the groom and his men who were accompanying him made their way toward the bride's house. 
he would be greeted by virgins with lamps. And together they would go and find the bride. And there would be a wedding processional. And they would go to the house that has now been duly prepared. And there would be a wedding. The groom would immediately take the bride into the new place. And there he would know her. And when he came forth from that room, he would proclaim that his bride had been a virgin. And the best man would come with rejoicing to the crowd and let the party begin. Now this parable talks about five of the brides being foolish and five of them being wise. The word foolish literally in the Greek means to be careless, not to make adequate preparation. Everything about this bride and groom centers around being prepared, taking perhaps the year to make sure that everything was appropriately prepared for this wedding, to set this couple in the right place, to have everything perfect. The bride was to wear white clothing, spotless, without even a wrinkle. The word says from Jesus' heart there were five foolish or five careless virgins who wanted to be a part of the wedding celebration, but they never made adequate preparation. And five were wise. That is, they did what was necessary to be prepared. The foolish ones took their lamps, but did not take any extra oil with them. The wise, however, took oil in jars along with the lamps, in case the bridegroom was a long time in coming. Now I want you to see the picture. Half of the church, half of the historic church, will not make it into the kingdom of God. That means in our day when there is even much less preparation. Very few in our day will make it into the kingdom of God because they have been careless and have not made adequate preparation and they have no extra oil. It says, The bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. 
At midnight the cry rang out, Here's the bridegroom. Come out to meet. Come out to meet him. He's coming. I am giving you now the midnight cry. Jesus is coming again. Matthew 24, Luke 21, and other portions of Scripture tell us the signs of Jesus' coming. Those signs are all being fulfilled. Famine, pestilence, wars, rumors of wars. All of these signs are being fulfilled. Earthquakes, volcanoes. It's all happening. Coldness of heart, falling away, not taking Jesus seriously, being cold toward the kingdom of heaven. All of these signs are being fulfilled now as I speak to you, and now is the time of the midnight cry. Jesus is coming again. As the virgins sat there, they finally got very tired. They got drowsy. And all ten fell asleep. But at midnight, when the cry went out, Here's the bridegroom. Come out to meet him. They woke up quickly. The virgins trimmed their lamps. The foolish one said to the wise, Give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. No, they replied. There may not be enough for both of us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. Was that selfish? No. Jesus knew what he was saying. Remember, this is Jesus speaking this parable. He knew what he meant. You cannot give another person your oil. That oil has to be purchased. How is it purchased? That oil is purchased by repentance, by obedience to the commands of Jesus, walking in righteousness. That oil is bought by repentance and righteousness, and holiness. Righteousness and holiness are given to us as free gifts, but they are real gifts. They are not imputed gifts. They are not pretend gifts. You are actually made into a new creature, a new person. Otherwise, there will not be any extra oil. You will have enough for an outward show. Because at some point, you said, Jesus, I will serve you. At some point, you said, I will belong to Jesus. But as time passed, your heart grew cold and hard. Or you came in over the wall, as Bunyan says. You never went through the narrow gate. You never were born from above. And many of you, breaks my heart to say this, 
Many of you who call yourselves Christians are only cultural Christians. You have covered up your wicked flesh with certain outward practices like attending church, and there you have made it into a social deal. You've made it into a club, and the preacher accommodates you. So the churches in America are filled full of pagan-hearted people with an outward painted-on Christianity that is false. Because you live like the world, you spend your money like the world, you spend your time like the world, you walk like the world, and yet you call yourself a Christian. On that great day, you will be found short. And you'll be saying, oh, give me some of what you have. Do you know how I've gained what I have? By laying on my face before God in full repentance. By spending hours reading the scriptures and praying. By practicing love for my brothers and my sisters in meeting their needs and their cries. By ministering the gospel, it has shaped who I am. It's taken away my anger and my bitterness. The Spirit of God has removed from me the sin that so easily used to beset me. It's no longer even an issue in my heart. I've been transformed. I've been changed, as has every one of you who has adequate oil for the coming of Jesus. And if you don't have adequate oil, today is the day of salvation. Today is the day to repent before God and get serious with Him. To stop the game. Stop the social game of church. And repent. And I can tell you right now, if you go to a pastor who is a worldly man, he'll kind of patronize you. He'll pat you on the head and say, there, there, don't be concerned. You're okay. You are saved by the grace of God. His righteousness is covered all over you, so Jesus doesn't even see you sinning. What a lying mess that pastor is. It's because of these kinds of lies that you have not taken seriously that you must be made righteous if you're going to go to heaven. If you're going to go to heaven, you must be made righteous in reality. This oil represents the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit is not poured out for a man or a woman who does not humble his heart before God and seek him with all of his heart. Luke 11 says that you must ask, you must knock, you must seek. And the Lord God of heaven will give you the Holy Spirit. Have you received that Holy Spirit? Half of the church, historic, half of the historic Christian church Jesus says, we'll be foolish. I didn't say it. Jesus said it. 
two days before he was to go to the cross. So they went. As they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet. Now, what is symbolized by the virgins? The virgins are those people who have been born from above, who have not given themselves to bail, to money, to ambition, but they have humbled their hearts before Almighty God, and their cry now is for the lost. They have been forgiven for their sins, and they have been made righteous. They have been transformed by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. They are new creatures in Christ. I'm so tired of of talking and trying to convince shallow, wicked men that they need to repent of their sin and confess their fault and confess their wickedness before God. They won't listen. And so the the plague has come upon America. It is a direct judgment of God. And anybody who tells you that the plague upon us is not a judgment from God upon this earth is utterly ignorant of how God functions and who he is. This is a sign of the end of the age. And if you don't take this sign seriously, if you don't go now, while you have an opportunity, today is yet the day of salvation, if you don't go now and begin to search after God, He is giving us time. He is, in His glorious mercy, He is saying, isolate from people. He's saying, don't go. Don't go in public. In some areas, it's don't go out of your house. I suspect that will happen in many areas where for two or more weeks you won't be able to leave your home. It's coming. What are you going to do with all of that time? Are you going to spend that time in wicked entertainment, gambling, fornicating? Are you going to spend that time on the internet, videos, movies? Or are you going to spend that time searching after Jesus Christ and repenting of your sin? This is just the first real, national, worldwide call of God to repent. Oh, yes, it was in the First and Second World Wars. It was in the Vietnam War. There have been wars and rumors of wars, but somehow we've been able, in our arrogance, to continue pursuing our wicked ways. This stops everybody, stops business. Many of you are already unemployed. Many of you who own businesses will lose those businesses. I urge you, 
while there is yet time. Repent before God. Name the sins. Write them down. Lift them up before the Lord God Almighty and say, Lord, this is what I've done. I've been unconscious. I've been proud. I've been arrogant. This is what I've done. Oh, God, have mercy upon me. Cry out to God. Weep before him. Get right with him. Repent. Now is the time. The virgins who were ready went in with the groom to the wedding banquet. And then the door was shut. Later the others also came. Sir, sir, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, I tell you the truth. I don't know you. Does God know you by name? Does God know who you are? Have you spent time with him? Does, does he know the inner thoughts of your heart that you have shared with him? Does he know the burdens you have? Does he know the sin you walk in? This groom replied, Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, I don't know you. Therefore keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour. You don't know the day or the hour of the coming of Jesus. So don't pretend that it's five years from now or ten years from now or that this has to happen or that has to happen. Are you kidding me? Prepare now. I was sharing this with my dear brother, whom I love dearly. I talk with him at least once a week. He lives out west. He's two years older than I am. He was saying to me last night, we better get right with Jesus. We don't know the day or the hour. But we better get right. And that's true. So how is it with your soul today? How is it with your soul today? How do you stand with the Holy God? Do you have adequate oil? Do you have righteousness, real righteousness? Have you been filled with the Spirit of God? Are you dwelling in Jesus? Or are you dwelling in religion and in a denomination? Are you following all the rituals? Or are you following Jesus? How do you stand today? It's time to repent. Let's pray together. Lord, I come 
humbly before your throne. And I pray, O Lord, that you will comfort every heart that is faithful and true with you. We face the reality that finances are going to be cut off for everyone. Lord, I don't know how I will continue the radio broadcast. I don't know how I will pay rent. Except I do. For you said to me, wait upon the Lord, and the Lord will carry you through. You said, rest in me, Ray. Lord, I know that word is not just for me, but I know it's for every true believer, everyone who has repented of their sin and their pride and their arrogance, for everyone who has turned aside from the world and the flesh and the devil, for everyone who looks with eyes of eager love to you, Jesus, washed clean by your blood. So, Lord, I pray for every person first who is washed clean in your blood, And, Lord, there are some who think they're washed, but they're just lazy. They're not really washed in the blood. They just have a form of godliness, but they have no power, and when they pray, their prayers aren't answered. Lord, I'm not praying yet for those. I'm praying for those true believers, for those who are earnest and eager to be in your presence, who love you with all of their hearts, who have given up everything of the world, the flesh, and the devil, and now walk hand in hand with you. Lord, I remember that song my father used to play on our old phonograph about walking hand in hand with you through the fields. Lord Jesus, would you come and walk with the true believers now and encourage and provide for food and rent, provide for shelter and for car. Lord, turn the heart of your righteous people to pray for America. Turn the heart of the righteous people to cry aloud and to weep before you for this nation. For, Lord, the plague is upon us. And in the Old Testament, you would send Aaron to stand between the sick and dying, and the well with the incense burner, with the prayers. Lord, may we who walk with you stand between the living and the dead and plead with you to stop the plague. I will do that, Lord, with brothers and sisters who are crying out the same as I am who are weeping before you the same as I am. And, O Lord, then I pray for the lukewarm and the cold-hearted who are just churchgoers, or they may not even go to church, but they just, they say they have a special deal with God and everything is fine and nothing is right and nothing is fine and they're bound for hell. Lord, I plead that that those who call upon your name would not be shut out from heaven. I plead, Lord, that the gates of heaven would open now 
and you would send forth your Holy Spirit in mighty power to come upon America and bring revival. I pray, Lord, you'll lift up men and women to preach the gospel straight and pure and clean that will convict the sinner of their condition. Lord, thank you. I pray in your holy name. Amen. I have just a couple of announcements. The meeting tonight is canceled because of this virus. And our Sunday service is canceled because of this virus. So would you make note of that? Our Sunday service and our Wednesday night services are closed until further notice. I urge you to be in your homes and cry aloud for the Lord. And I'm going to do all I can. I'm asking the Lord if we could continue this broadcast. But I have to pay for it. So, I'm going to trust Jesus to move in your hearts. Some of you are are able to give still. If you are, would you go to the webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com, and give online? Or would you send a check, and I'm going to give you that address. The National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia. Two two, one nine five. Now, Mr. Producer, you have a the song that we opened this broadcast with. Do you remember which one it was? Yep, let's play it again as we close the broadcast. Sinners, you better get ready. Oh, you better get ready. Hallelujah, sinners, you better get ready. Times are coming when the sinner must die. Just how the people live, they're just gonna die. Time, time's coming when the sinner must die. Just how the sinner lives, they're just gonna die. The time, time's coming when the sinner must die. Oh, sinners, you better get ready. Oh, you better get ready, hallelujah, sinners, you better get ready, times are coming when a sinner must die. God gave no other rainbow sign, time, time's coming when the sinner must die, it won't be Water be the far next time. The time, time's coming when the sinner must die. Oh, sinners, you better get ready. Oh, you better get ready. Hallelujah, sinners, you better get ready. Times are coming when the sinner must die.
practice and pray Time, time's coming when the sinner must die It looks like judgment in the heavens these days The time, time's coming when the sinner must die Oh, sinners, you better get ready Oh, you better get ready, hallelujah Sinners, you better get ready Times are coming when the sinner must die. I thought I heard all the people say, Time, time's coming when the sinner must die. You better get down on your knees and pray. Time, time's coming when the sinner must die. Sinners, you better get ready. Oh, you better get ready. Hallelujah, sinners, you better get ready. Time, times are coming when the sinner must die. Do you hear that song? I pray that you will get ready. I pray you will turn to Jesus now. You've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Pastor Ray Greenley. I love you, my brother, my sister. I'm praying for you. I'll talk to you soon. Before the presence of His glory with grace joy with great joy now unto him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory